Well, hello, hello. Hello, substantial. <laughs> I mean, I want to say Happy New Year. <laughs> can, you okay. can we still say that? In February, middle February? Do you know what? I feel like we need a lot of happiness in this new year. So you yeah. you, you tell me Happy New Year and I will tell you Happy New, you new Year back all year long. <laughs> A happy New Year to you, Fiona. Happy, happy New Year for 2022 when it comes. <laughs> hey, we're more than a twelfth of the way through 2021. Oh, goodness. Thank goodness. <laughs> January was a very long month. Oh, my goodness. Yes, I kept seeing memes about that. <laughs> it was like, how many days are in January? <laughs> it really was bad, though, wasn't it? <laughs> it was bad. But then, because we were talking about this before we came on here, it's a bit funny, isn't it? Because I, I feel like I'm slightly wishing away my week yeah, to no. get to the weekend because I'm loving the weekend at the moment. Yeah. But I feel like I'm kind of doing the same with the year, which is a That's bit sad. It. Yeah, I was like, oh, great. Once we get to March, it'll be better. And I'm like, but there's still like other months to live between mm-hmm. now and I know. Then. So like maybe I, I should know. just be a bit less. I know. Like embrace it. Time away and just embrace the present moment, even if it's a bit. Yeah. Bleh. Yeah, embrace the lockdown. Embrace it. You bearing up? Just about. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, me too. Uh, I'm trying to be positive. I've started writing poems. Did you know that? Poems of hope. I don't think I did know that. That's oh, no, I've been writing poems and put them on my Instagram. <laughs> yeah, I know. I try and do one a week. Oh, what? <laughs> I just I can't believe you haven't seen that. No, I think I have no, I haven't. But like, I know. I think I'm just very impressed that you still you're you've got creative juices within you. I use. I just feel like I've used them all up. Do you think? I just. I just I, maybe not. I don't know. I bought to buy some watercolors the other day. But so there you go. <laughs> that's it. I think that's a good thing, though. See, when you, I, I do find this when I when I'm losing my kind of creative edge, I go and do something else that's creative yes. in a different form. Maybe something I'm not very good at. I'm not saying you're not good at. Watercolors, watercolor like, okay well that's ideal <laughs> go and do something you're not very good at and actually you find your creative spark comes back yeah 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 yeah, yeah. i think yeah, maybe that's true maybe yeah. i think i'm just quite t- it's quite tiring isn't it right now because yeah. lockdown's been oh, it is. so long and then it's dark in the evenings and you finish work and it's dark or cold and mm-hmm. i just think i don't feel very inspired or creative but yeah yeah that's there's parts that are still okay like I'm living in a cozy little little portion of the world. Yeah, so see some people I know and love, so it's fine. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Well, me too. I'm also living in a cozy part of the world. Yeah, and Fiona, what's caught your eye this week? Mm. Um, this week I have been what well, I finished. Um, it's the series, and it's called It's a Sin. Um, it's a Channel Four series, and it is based around the AIDS epidemic in. Mm-hmm the UK um so it was really good and it's like five episodes and it charts it's kind of starts in the like I want to say this early 80s all the way through to the 90s uh-huh. and it charts the sort of I suppose basically the, the phases of people under trying to understand what AIDS was and is so mm-hmm. um and it's it's set through kind of there's kind of five characters who all end up living together in London in a flat and it's all kind of related to how, yeah, AIDS affects them and their lives. And it is 
so so good I can't tell you how good it was um and it's really interesting because obviously in kind of the early 80s um you kind of it sets the scene that actually you know a lot of there's a real there was a real culture in London of like um gay bars and gay clubs and like that's becoming much more normal. Um, but then there's this weird thing in America starting of like, there's a, there's mm. whispers of like this thing called AIDS and everyone's like, that doesn't affect us. What is that? That's uh-huh. an American thing. And no one knows how it's transmitted. And then slowly but surely, it obviously like finds its way into these characters' lives. Um, yeah. But it was so moving, so, so good. Um the acting was amazing. The script was incredible. Um, and it was just visually very interesting as well. Um, uh-huh. It was quite like well told in terms of storytelling. Um, but yeah, it was, oh, it was so, so good. I think, yeah, very emotional. <laughs> and and can I ask you, so, so was that, was a lot of that new to you? The sort of awareness of the history of it? Because I think that's quite an interesting intergenerational conversation yeah, topic. Yeah, a lot of it was quite new to me. Uh-huh. Um, I think, so I have... I think maybe at uni, I did a, I read a couple of plays around the AIDS and HIV stuff in America, so, mm-hmm. but I didn't know much about it in the UK. Mm-hmm. And yeah, there was a lot of it that was new to me in terms of like the way they didn't know about how it was transmitted. So the way mm-hmm. people were treated was really, yeah. really bad. Yeah. And like they were like, yeah, there was all this stuff around like public health things. So they weren't allowed to have, they weren't, they were all like confined. They weren't allowed to have any like visitors. They were, it was just really, really horrible the way people were treated. And I, yeah, a lot of it, I was, I was aware of like the stigma around HIV uh-huh. and AIDS, but I uh-huh. wasn't aware of like the treatment that people were given, maybe. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think there was a lot of fear. There was so much fear. Because, oh you know, because, I, I mean, I remember a lot of that, and I remember at various points becoming more aware of yeah. different things. Yeah. So there, were, you know, there was an enormous public health mm-hmm. yes. um, campaign advertising. I can, I can, you know, if you speak to people of my generation, we can all remember that advert with yes. the, the tombstone. Oh my gosh, I um, saw that, and I was like, mm, "That's not mm-hmm. real." And then someone was like, "That is literally like, yeah, advert." Yeah, there was a lot of fear around it, and and it and it was very much seen as a well i'm hesitant to use the word play because yeah. i mean it's not my choice of word to use that but i think that's how it was yeah, it was yeah. perceived and how it was it was mm. it was spoken about often as, mm. as a play yeah. on, on a particular people group yeah. um and there was a lot of ignorance i think so much ignorance. there was a lot of ignorance yeah yeah yeah, yeah i mean there was there's parts that are so devastatingly sad like but at the same time there's like there's enough lightness to it like at the start anyway so it's not like doom and gloom from the start it's very much yeah. like yeah um there's light parts to it and um yeah and it was it is fascinating as well to see how how easily and quickly the disease spreads like amongst this like group of people and the the lack of education and understanding of it means that it's not caught like early enough for loads of people and uh, yeah yeah yeah, and it just, I mean, obviously it's not the same, but it did remind me of COVID. Yes. <laughs> the yes. way that it was like, so it was things like the, the full on PPE that people were putting uh-huh. to go into a room, the fear over not understanding how it spread, the like slightly stigmatization of people. I was like, 
this is weird. <laughs> yeah, and it, and it makes me interested. It makes me interested from a COVID point of view that in that one of the things that I think we still don't really talk about with HIV and AIDS is is the number of deaths in other parts of the world. Yes. I think in the UK we think of it as as a, confined to a particular people group, but the, the vast number of people yeah. who've died of HIV and AIDS have been in Southern Africa, yeah. and it's because of lack of access to antiretroviral yeah. drugs and so on. So it, that that makes me think about about COVID and and the inequality of vaccination and responses. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. and it made me it did make me feel like sad, obviously, but also just thinking about. Um, since that's come out there's like i watched something online about how um the number of people getting hiv tests has like tripled mm. and it's oh like, interesting wow this is a really amazing for public health awareness yep. and so hopefully it's not just a tv show that people will engage with like just watching but also like help engage their brains a bit and think a bit about their own like health yeah. and well-being and yeah, and certainly really glad that we've come on a long way. That if someone does ha- is, is diagnosed with HIV, it's not like it's yeah. not a death sentence. Which yeah. In, yeah, in the program, it is considered yeah. that. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, it's just so good. It's a bit. It's a bit, interesting. It's a bit like I wouldn't be like watch this if you kind of don't want something sad. <laughs> but it sounds like it's re- it sounds like it's really good though. It was so and- good. Yeah, and just and quite thought provoking. So, so and that's it's a sin, and that's on BBC. It's on Channel Four. Okay, Channel Four. Channel Four, but it yeah. seems to be becoming, as a total aside, the home of great television at the moment. It's a lot of good stuff on. There's a lot of Channel stuff Four at the moment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Um, what what you you watched caught your eye this week? Well, I'm about to go off on a rant. Oh my god, I'm I can just, sense it. I'm going to go on a rant because so here we are, ten months into pandemic. Uh, and I'm hearing people saying, oh, I've watched everything on Netflix. And I think, how can that possibly be? Don't you have a good book to read? Aren't you working your way through the Hilary Mantel trilogy? There, there's a whole thing. I, I'm still, I'm on number three, by the way. <laughs> For the listeners who are interested, because there have been people who have asked about that. Wolf <laughs> Hall feel like was a saga. Like, it was like... Done Wolf Hall, done Bring Up the Bodies. I'm now on the um, Mirror and the Light. Okay. I'll let you know when I get finished with that. It's a long book. Um, yeah, so anyway, so lots of people watching lots of TV and there is a, there's actually quite a lot of new TV coming out and I'm going to talk about something on Netflix which appeared on my You Might Be Interested In. I'm not sure why it appeared on my You Might Be Interested In thing, but it's called Firefly Lane. Have you heard mm. of that? Yes, I have. Yes. yes. Do you want me to tell you about it? Yes. So it's got Catherine Heigl. That yeah, it? I think so, yeah. Who was a sort of standard of rom-coms back in the early 2000s, she was like, wasn't she? In like peak like 2006, 2007. Mm-hmm. Was, her was she in 27 Dresses? She was, and I fucking love that film, I'm not going to lie. Okay. Yeah, so, she's, so she has a certain, you know, kind of level of popularity. The, the premise of the show is that there's two women in their 40s who've been friends since they were teenagers. And the, the pro- and I only watched two episodes because I couldn't stand anymore. But basically, <laughs> it jumps about from present day back to the early 2000s, back to a period of time in the 90s and a period of time in the 80s. Okay. And to begin with, I, I, I started watching episode one. I thought, yeah, this is quite interesting. Yeah, I'm getting sucked along, but it. it's very easy to watch. Mm. You know, I could see myself binge watching all the way through this. And after two, I think it was two episodes, it might have been three, I, I actually stopped myself and thought, Do you know, I'm going to stop watching this because it's just garbage. <laughs> it's got all the things that I should enjoy, but there's something missing at the heart of it. And, and, I, and it got me onto a whole subject that I've been thinking about ever since, which is I think, 
no offense to Netflix because I don't think it's just Netflix, but I think there are there are production companies are producing stories to uh, 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 an algorithm, yes, basically. Yes. So they're thinking, what was a forty something woman want to watch? Probably something you know, female friendship, little trips back to to clothes you wore in the eighties and the nineties, the music of the time. There's a bit of romance in it now. I mean, bear in mind, I have only seen the first two or three episodes, so mm. you know, I don't know. How, maybe it gets startlingly great after that but really the script was pretty poor the acting was fine the mm-hmm. script was pretty poor and the plot was just a bit meh and it felt like somebody had sat down and said what are all the different things that we put together to make a kind of paint by numbers drama that would appeal to a certain demographic and that just makes me cross and it makes me feel a bit um manipulated and it gets me onto the topic. I just feel like this is, this is so funny <laughs> Guess we're the topic of Bridgerton, which I haven't yet watched. So I have no legitimacy in talking about Bridgerton at all. But I've heard quite mixed reviews of it. Yeah. And I just wonder if that's of a similar ilk. Yeah. That somebody's taking a kind of storyline and an idea and they're thinking, right, what appeals to the kind of person who would enjoy um, costume drama and would enjoy it with a sort of slightly contemporary twist, so a bit of contemporary music and a bit of bright colouring into the costumes yeah yeah i mean i, I did am, watch I wrong? am i wrong to feel aggrieved you watched bridgerton I <laughs> um i did watch bridgerton and yeah it was fine i don't really know i didn't really i watched it i binged it in like a day but then i after I, after i finished it i was like i don't really know why i watched that mm-hmm. and i do think i <laughs> know what you mean because the firefly lane mm-hmm. that's not been advertised to me on my neck. Yeah, because you're not in the demographic, you see? No. And even if it was, I wouldn't be interested in watching it. Not now. Not now. You've <laughs> had a scathing review. <laughs> I suppose all I'm saying is there is so much high quality drama out there, mm-hmm. isn't there? Yeah. So you've talked about it as a sin. I loved um, I May Destroy You. I watched oh, over Christmas. That's so good. The quality of that. Now, I mean, there were things in there that are quite triggering, so people need yeah. to be aware of that. Mm-hmm. But the quality of it was just. Yeah extraordinary mm-hmm. and then go back to channel four they're reshowing west wing at the moment you know if you go back and look at these kind of things they're so yeah. well written they're mm-hmm. so well constructed yeah because it's the story first mm-hmm. yeah but then i suppose the reason my- some of these people or some some of these things are nice is because they are easy and people don't want to have to think i know i get that but can i read you a quote from t.s Eliot? of course you can of course <laughs> of course you can <laughs> Because T.S. Eliot said, it is just the literature that we read for amusement or purely for pleasure that may have the greatest and least suspected influence upon us. Mm -hmm. It is the literature which we read with the least effort that can have the easiest and most insidious influence upon us. (gasps) That's so profound, but also so true. I know. I mean, I get it. I I understand it. We're Mm -hmm. we're all in the middle of a horrendous crisis. And actually, a bit of escapism is is not a bad Mm -hmm. thing. But I just think there are better forms of escapism. Yeah. I agree. I do agree. But I think basically it's quite interesting because you now talked about this show. I'll be interested to know if anyone watches the show. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, I'm quite up for the discussion. If people want to come back and say, actually, I really loved Firefly Lane or, or Bridgerton. I think Bridgerton probably is a wee bit more contentious to, to complain about that. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like people are quite passionate about Bridgerton. Well, actually, yeah. I don't know. Anyway, I feel I'm going off on a tangent. Here we are. I I mean, I feel like I'm going off on a tangent and it feels like I'm speaking as though I've had a drink. The only thing I've had to drink is some 
peppermint and licorice tea. I did. I did wonder what was in your teacup. Mm, yeah, yeah, it's very nice. It's got a sort of sweet taste. To it. It's a little pucker tea bag. Oh, I love pucker. Peppermint and licorice. Oh, that's lovely. Mm, it's nice. Yeah, it's lovely. yeah. But we are going to talk about alcohol. Al- uh, and alcohol, as they say in France. Oh, I like that alcohol. Alcohol. Um, but let's not do that because not everybody speaks French no, so we did that's all I got that's about all I've got yes we're going to talk about booze alcohol whatever you want to call it yeah and it's quite it's interesting like coming up to you know, today when I was thinking about um, doing this call today, I was thinking, oh, it feels quite a vulnerable thing to speak yeah, about. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. a personal topic in some, mm-hmm. in some ways, which mm-hmm. is an odd thing, isn't it? Yeah, it's a bit weird, isn't it? Because most people I know do drink alcohol, but for some reason, yeah, it's not something you, you don't talk about it in a very personal way. Perhaps. Uh-huh. It's uh-huh. often very much like a detached thing, like, oh, yeah, like, just had, there was loads of wine flowing, or like, oh, yeah, like, a bit of a rough one, eh? Like, or you, yeah. or you don't, you wouldn't be like, yes, I had a, a drink and it was delicious and it really <laughs> made me feel this way. Yes. It's Although I do something, if I, if I have a lusogen and tonic, I do sometimes talk about it in those terms. Lusogen. You gave me a lusogen in, in June. <laughs> And I still dream about that. Still remember it. It's so delicious. <laughs> so a very distinct flavour. Um, yeah, no, but it is. It's an interesting one, isn't it? Because I think I think there's quite a lot of shame around yeah, drinking. There's yeah. quite a lot of um, cultural baggage that we bring to it. Yeah. I think there are a lot of hidden addiction issues that for sure we. Um, we don't touch on, and I think I, I was telling you just before we started that I was having a conversation with uh, a, an older friend um, about just my generation's attitude to alcohol compared to her generation's mm. alcohol, which I think is different to your generation's article mm. uh, attitude. So, yeah, I think there's an interesting conversation about that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I think it's. I find it like fascinating to sort of ponder the relationship we have with alcohol based on like our age our demographic like where we've grown up who we surround ourselves with but then also I think particularly like hearing a bit about your experience of it and maybe whether you've seen shifts and sort of even just the way it's uh-huh. talked about uh-huh I think I think definitely mm-hmm. so, so that was one of the things that Maureen and I were talking about that so she was saying that she had grown up in a fairly um, an, an abstinence household, mm. basically. So again, there's there's a kind of faith perspective to all this as well. Um, and I was commenting on the fact that I didn't, mm-hmm. but I would have known quite a lot of people when I was at university who who would have not drunk, and their families would not drink, their parents wouldn't drink, and it was it was connected to faith, mm-hmm. particularly. You know, that being quite a key part of it. And and I think my generation. Um, almost sort of, I think we we did a kick against that a bit, mm. and there was a bit more of a liberalisation. But I, I I sometimes wonder if if you know we've thought it all through in terms of well we don't want to be legalistic about things, so mm. let's, let's just think carefully about about how we view alcohol. But it's almost like we've then opened a gate for a generation coming after us. Mm. That means people are no longer really very distinctive in 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 how they think mm-hmm. about drinking. Mm. Certainly, in my in my lifetime, so in my lifetime, um, I I have definitely seen even in the last I would say twenty years the, the growth in drinking spirits, mm-hmm. 
Yep. Um, much more. And, and also the sort of, one thing that it annoys me, and I can, I can never work out, <laughs> does it annoy me because, <laughs> because actually it's just a big cliche but I hate all these kind of cliches like mummy o'clock or gin o'clock or the kind of Prosecco culture like it's yeah. very hard to, yeah. to go into a card shop to buy a card a birthday card for somebody that doesn't mention yes, Prosecco so or gin or, yeah 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 so that that has definitely the sort of and and in some ways I think it's better that we do talk yeah. about it mm-hmm. than sort of people drinking out of paper bags or yeah. you know yeah. sneaking into the off license yeah. but at the same time yeah, I think there's just been this probably. I think it's a lot of um, like alcohol misuse in plain sight type yes. thing. So it's like yeah. it's as you say, it's no longer like oh, like alcohol issues or dependency sits on like a shoulders of a few people, as you say, like drinking out of paper bags. Like the stereotypical images don't apply anymore. Uh-huh. It's uh-huh. much more middle class actually yeah sort of yeah engage in some of this but then actually slip into dependency quite easily I think uh-huh. um, almost like kind of quietly like it, yeah. it's not a sort of extreme well sometimes it is but it's not always an extreme journey that people go on um mm-hmm. and but that's really fascinating what you're saying about like going into a card shop like that's uh-huh. so true yeah it's like yeah, and I think and, and, yeah. and people's social media as well, and mm. I and I do, I don't really know what I think about it because I I don't want to be judgmental about it, but at the same time, yeah, it's the plain sight thing. Yeah. I think, yeah, it, it's it's almost becoming well. I I think there are some circles where it's probably socially unacceptable not to drink. Mm. That, mm. That yeah, yeah. So it's so socially acceptable. It's mm. it's socially expected actually. Yeah. 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 Um, which if you know if you are trying to not drink as much mm-hmm. if you're trying to or if you if you recognize that you have a problem with it mm-hmm. um, then actually that becomes really very difficult yeah. doesn't it yeah it's yeah and actually I've got a few you know I've got a few pals who don't or I maybe didn't drink or don't still don't drink um, and actually it's not actually it's never been because they've got dependency issues actually it's just because uh-huh. they choose not to um, uh-huh. for reasons but they talk about how hard it is yeah how yeah. hard it is socially to not drink mm-hmm. and it's not even drinking to excess it's just not yeah. having a drink yeah really difficult in social situations people constantly being like why don't you drink yes so it's almost a reverse stigma yeah the, yeah the, uh-huh. yeah and yeah they're always it always feels like they're having to defend a decision that it's like it shouldn't really matter. Like if someone doesn't drink, it should literally should not matter. And also what if they do have a dependency problem, you're then asked like putting them into a really difficult position having to explain themselves. So yeah. I do think that like some, a lot of social situations, I mean, obviously right now it's a bit weird over lockdown. It's, things have shifted a bit, but like pre-lockdown and pre-COVID, it, so many of the social situations I was in, it would be like, you have a glass of wine yeah. and it would it, again it wouldn't always be drinking to excess but it's like no. constant. but it's that low level yeah. low level constant. constant yeah yeah and and i think it, it, maybe for again for for my generation i think there was always a thing where if you were out if you had the car mm. you pretty much didn't yeah i mean i i just don't if i'm if i've got the car yeah. but lockdown yeah means that nobody's driving anywhere yeah, yeah, yeah. and i think it does mean that you know, you know i think for a lot of people that's a real str- and also we've got not much to do i know um and 
after what I've just said about Netflix. <laughs> It's not even much to watch. But, you know, I, th- I think it's a massive issue, isn't it? I mean, I, I quite early on thought, right, I need to not make this like holiday drinking yes, season. Yes. Where you just, you know, you have a drink every night. That's yeah. just not, you can't I, live that. But, but then you, th- there's a whole comparative, mm. competitive thing kind of goes on where you you don't want to make other people feel bad. Okay. But then you also want people to feel that they judge you. And, you know, it's rot, it's isn't really it? hard. And I think... Mm-hmm. I noticed that when like COVID and, you know, lockdown one back in March, 2020. Oh my gosh, I feel so far away. It's almost a year if you're not. I'm like, what the heck? But um, Mm. I noticed that my drink, my, you know, the quantity of what I was drinking increased. Mm -hmm. But it was, again, it was, it wasn't like loads in one night. It would just be like however many nights a week. Yeah, I'd be like, I buy a you know a be- a bunch of beers, and then I'd be like, well, nothing else to do. I'm going to treat uh-huh. myself because life's really hard right now, and so I'll just have a drink. And I kind of realised about a couple of months in, I was like, I'm, I, I feel like I'm drinking quite a lot. Yeah, like, more than yeah. I used to. I wouldn't yeah. drink this much, like, yeah, on the regular. And it's made me think about it. And actually, I'm now in a space where I'm like actively thinking about it in this lockdown of like okay I'm not going to drink every day mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. like yeah and it's also it's not that big of a sacrifice and it doesn't really affect me no but it's it's just like making that decision at the start of the week yeah yes yes and sticking to it isn't yeah. it That's, yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, because because there is a problem. I, I do think there's a problem with the fact that often, well, back in the old days when we used to go out, there's there's often not that great a selection of non-alcoholic no, drinks to drink. So people are drinking through the course of the evening, yeah. and you're sitting there knocking back your Jato. San Pellegrino, oh. <laughs> which is lovely but packed full of sugar. Oh, so sweet. No, yeah, it's actually you know it, it's the old it's the old cliche, isn't it? Of well, you're the, if you're the only sober one in the room, then it's quite boring, and you you know you're yeah. sitting. So I think I think it, the drinks industry could help itself by yeah yeah making some really high quality. I think it is getting better, isn't it? Sort of high quality non-alcoholic yeah uh, yeah drinks for grown-ups really. Yes. Absolutely, <laughs> but, but it's interesting, isn't it? Because it, it, these these pressures are not just the personal pressures that mm. people have, mm. um, and and I do think about that. We need to talk about it more probably yeah. because I think it's an unspoken yeah. thing. But there are there are these big societal factors. Yeah. So you know, you were talking about the 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 course you'd been to about addiction yes so like I am so pre before we started recording I was saying that um as part of my job I went to a substance misuse um sort of training and it was all about kind of just recognizing substance misuse so it's largely around drugs but at one point they showed this graph and it was like public health information about different types of drugs and they they included within that um alcohol and it's kind of they they managed to split up the thing of like harm to other causes harm to others and harm to self and you look at the graph and the over definitely like the drug that causes most harm to others and most harm to self is alcohol mm-hmm. the class the, the you know class a drugs you know the the hard drugs that we talk about much further down the list Mm-hmm. And I find that really interesting. And the guy was saying, who was leading the workshop, and he was like, if you look at just purely the data, alcohol shouldn't be allowed. Mm-hmm. If you're looking at like impact to people and their health and like the, their relationships with others, alcohol should just be like banned. But like it's 
politically never going to happen because mm. it's like too ingrained in our society, like in terms of socializing, but also there's a lot of politics around the wealth of the industry. Yeah, there's huge amounts of excise. Yeah. Uh, tax paid on. Yeah. yeah. And it's a, and it is a huge industry. Yeah. In, in Scotland, you know, whiskey's yeah. a huge industry, for example. Mm-hmm. Um and that was yeah. really interesting. I, I was like, oh my goodness. Mm. <laughs> I was like, wow, it's really bad. Because <laughs> uh, what do you do with that? You know, I know. And, and, and that's all said in the spirit of, you know, I like my lusa gin and tonic. And I flipping love a drink. Mm-hmm. Love mm-hmm. It. It's a, a lovely, mm-hmm. tasty gin. A, a mm-hmm. really nice, fresh IPA beer. <laughs> Delicious. Lovely glass of wine. Malt wine. wine. Lovely. Yeah. Like, yeah, I know, I know. And and I think there's something to be said. I think you've talked a lot about the problems of alcohol, but there is something yeah. to be said about there are nice aspects to it of like using it to celebrate a really nice occasion or like, mm-hmm. I don't know, kind of, um, I was earlier, I was thinking about like, I love going to distilleries and things like that. Yeah. Like, <laughs> well, there's, a, there's a lot of culture right about that, isn't yeah. there? There's, you know, yeah. like Isla, that yes. It's quite hard to do anything other than go to distilleries, <laughs> but there's a whole, you know, there's a design fact mm-hmm. to that. A, mm-hmm. you know, it's all mm-hmm. very much part of, of the mm-hmm. island and the, yeah. the island market so yeah but like like you know high quality whiskey that's you know been in a cask for 30 odd years like there's a real craft to that that i think uh-huh. is amazing and so uh-huh. all all every every type of alcohol there is always like a craft to it mm-hmm. i also find it fascinating mm-hmm. that humans always somehow manage to ferment things into alcohol <laughs> And when you say all types of alcohol, there's always a craft it. Um, not so much with some of the alcohol pops. No, but maybe not, maybe not. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Well, as I said, as I said, it depends. <laughs> but maybe, I mean, maybe you're putting your finger on something there, though, because, because I mean, a lot of this is about, it's about self-control or it's about knowing limits and it's about, yeah. um, and, and maybe that's about choosing rather than making unthinking mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. I think a lot of it's about choosing, choosing, knowing your limits, choosing to to figure out what those are, and yeah, I suppose like uh, choosing to talk about alcohol, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. asking for people to hold you accountable if you think yeah. that would be helpful. That's not yeah. that's not us shaming people being like you've got issues, but more just yeah. being like, hmm, maybe I should take a night off from wine this week. Uh huh. Uh-huh what would happen yeah and and like you say i mean i, I thought it was quite interesting when you talked about your friends who don't drink yeah. and it's not necessarily because they've got issues but there's an assumption yes yes oh you must have a problem yeah well actually we've all got problems yes yeah, exactly. yeah. <laughs> some of us with alcohol some of us with other things yeah. we've all got our own addictions yeah. and our own yeah um yeah things that were that we, we find difficult to mm-hmm. you know to get self-control mm-hmm. over so yeah. yeah being a bit more open about that i yeah. guess is, yeah i suppose there is like a sort of like warning that if you are someone who is dependent you should not cut alcohol out straight away uh-huh. because that uh-huh. would be that's, that you, you could like there's real issues with that yeah. so, like it's about kind of weaning yourself off and like sometimes yeah going cold turkey is actually not what you're supposed to do yeah so that was something i learned in my substance that's a good thing. that's a good fact yeah so don't do it because that's actually the one thing one drug you should not do that with because <laughs> it, it just shocks your whole system you'll you'll you could potentially die <laughs> um yeah, so but that's only if you're like in extreme cases of dependency. Yeah. Um so like when I did do a bit of care or support work like at a 
sort of alcohol or I suppose alcohol rehabilitation unit, there was that whole chat of like people come in mm-hmm. and they have to detox in a very like careful, considered way. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, again, it's like interesting because there was people who I was chatting to there and their lives are fairly normal. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I was talking about Susanna Constantine. Yeah, Constantine. Like, that? I know. <laughs> You see, Trini and Susanna, you only know Trini and Susanna. Because I had heard, in fact, that was that was where I started to think about the, the card thing, because she was mm. talking about the card thing. I'd heard her on Weekend Women's Hour the other week. And because um, she she has basically, I think it's either a book she's got out or a podcast, mm. I can't remember, but talking about the fact that she is high functioning and has been for a long time a high functioning mm. alcoholic. So she's, you know, she's not been your kind of classic, um, what you would expect somebody with mm. addiction to but yeah. but she's independent yeah. and she's prepared to talk about it. Yeah. Um, oh, I was going somewhere with that sentence. Oh, I was going to say. Oh no, I was just going to say. I, I think there's all there is also a class aspect to all this, yes, isn't there? There is. Yeah. So, so sure. yeah, the reason I started having the conversation with with my friend Maureen was because we've both been reading Shaggy Bane, which oh, I talked yeah. about last time. And I mean, that's the story of an alcoholic mother and this poor wee boy, <laughs> Shaggy. Um, but it's very much in a kind of working class, nineteen yes. eighties yeah. Glasgow household and yeah there's there's definitely a class snobbery yeah yeah and an unspoken thing to the mm. you know to the middle class drinking that, yeah. that goes on interesting mm. we could put some links maybe in the in yeah. the show notes yeah um, maybe a few links you know yeah. places for anybody that's yeah. helpful yeah um and yeah and i think i think you're right i think that thing of just just being a bit more intentional and, yeah. and maybe just setting some yeah parameters it doesn't need to be a big thing as well it just like sometimes just catching yourself and being like okay when was last time i had a day off from drinking yeah and then yeah and 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 it's it's also unlike anything like this it's finding an alternative isn't it so i should remember (laughs) just remember this we were talking about um i remember hearing a gp being interviewed on on like the the news the five o'clock news at one point and and she talked about the fact she'd had that she's just she was getting the habit of drinking a yeah. glass of wine every night um when she came in from work and it was the whole i deserve it yeah. i've worked really hard it's been a yeah. really hard day and so she she made a very specific intention she was just going to have a cup of tea and that was going to be her thing yeah and it would be a nice cup of tea and she would sit and she would drink it yeah and she said she'd had to substitute yeah that choice with some with some other choice and you know if it means getting a soda stream get, get a soda, soda stream, stream. I can recommend that. You have I love really it. recommended that to me. I've been I thinking about that. <laughs> Bubbly water. <laughs> and not wrecking the environment with plastic bottles like I used True. to. True. Yeah. Interesting. Yes, I would. Be it's a bit of a faff when you've got to replace the gas, but, you know, about that. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I suppose it's just, again, it's planning, isn't it? So it's thinking, what do you have in the house that, yeah. that you will enjoy? Yes, yes. And just make it nice. Yeah, and actually right now, it's like it. COVID is a bit of a, we all deserve like some nice things. I'm definitely saying that. So, but as you say, it's just trying to figure out what that could be. Yeah. It doesn't always exactly. have to be alcohol. could be something exactly. else. Exactly. Just don't do an episode of Firefly Drive. No, just don't. Firefly Lane. Firefly, <laughs> I was like, that's how bad it is. <laughs> well, that has been fascinating. Mm. Very interesting. And the next time you're in Glasgow, Come round. You can have one of my lassas. I'm so Lassa excited. <laughs> the door is open. It is. <laughs> oh, no, it's not. The door's closed at the moment because it's, it's closed locked at down. the moment. But in the post- you actually locked. had that, that gin in the garden. Yes, Because we couldn't come into the house. Could yeah, we? it was so nice. Yeah. That and Jason, it was sunny. 
Anyway, it'd be nice to have a little moment of hope. Yes. Have you got any something that's giving you hope, Fiona? I do, I do. Do you know what? Okay. Real talk. There's really hard right now, isn't it, for everyone? But the thing that's been giving me hope is the changing of the seasons. I might have spoken about this before, but probably no. I'm just a bit obsessed with season changes. I'm like, finally. There's not a lot else to see. There's nothing else going on. So I'm like, oh, great. Um, But um, obviously I'm in London, so snow's kind of a bit weird because you don't really get it here. But actually it has snowed and it has stayed. Um, (sighs) It was amazing. So it's not very thick. It's more of a dusting, but it's been snowing lightly all day. It's very beautiful. And actually, earlier on, when I went left my house, I was like, it looks like glitter. And then I was oh. like, it's so lovely. And so there's something for me about the hope of a changing season, that things do move forward, life will go on, life will change. But also with snow, what I absolutely love is the camaraderie that like yes. brings people together. Like a change in weather, particularly something like snow, just people like become more chatty Mm-hmm. It bring you have a, a talking point as well, so I love it. So earlier on, it was a bit weird, but I was <laughs> on paint a picture. I was on my way back from Lidl, mending my steps because it's quite icy, and I see this black cat, and I'm like, "Oh, black cat!" So I start like trying, you know, to it and like you know, stroking it, and um, and then I realised that there's a it's it's outside a house, and there's a woman standing at the door. So I was like, "Oh," so I take my headphones <laughs> off and. It turns out it's her cat and me and her chat for about five minutes about Aww. her about her cat. And it's the sort of thing, she's like my neighbour. So she lives literally, like she lives like I don't know, 30 seconds away. And I was uh-huh. lovely. And I was like... That's a good thing. Yeah. And I was like, the snow has brought us together because she was talking about the snow and the cat and how she she's worried about um, like the cat going outside and then her closing the door and then not being able to get back in. And it's snowing and icy and, and it's... We had lots of lovely chat. And so I don't know, there's something around, even in like lockdown London, like just snow bringing people together. So lovely. just see it as an opportunity. See it as a time of hope. See it as a time to like socially distanced, speak to a stranger. And substantial, like, do you have mm-hmm. a wisdom for the week? What's your wisdom? Yes. I'll tell you, <laughs> I'm trying to think of a, a kind of witty way to say this. Harissa is the new sourdough. That's my wisdom for the week. Harissa is the new sourdough. I'll tell you why. I'll tell you for why, Fiona. Because the other day I was making a recipe which was demanding Harissa paste. And I thought, oh, I don't have any Harissa paste. Oh, I've got to the co-op to get it. But I'm, to be honest, slightly avoiding the supermarkets unless I have to. Mm. So I tend to do a, a big old shop and then I make do. I look at what I've got in my kitchen and I make do. I've been doing that for quite a long time. And I realised that to make harissa paste is not very difficult at all. It's a little bit of onion and garlic, some peppers, and then you mix it with various spices and you whiz it all up and you've got a lovely jar of harissa paste that you can use in numerous recipes. I don't think I've, I don't think I've quite got the, the balance right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Strong on the um, fennel seeds. But um, it, yeah, I feel it's like necessity being the mother of invention really in my kitchen at the moment. I'm just, you know, if I... If I can help it, I'm not going to go to the co-op to no, purchase true. it. Yeah. I can sort of find a way to make to get around it or make it. So it is making me more inventive. 
that's my wisdom for the week. That's lovely. That's a great Because I've, I've thought about doing the sourdough thing. And I actually, I, I mean, I went through a phase of making bread, as you know. Mm. And I actually did make bread this weekend, but I haven't done it for ages because I got a bit bored with it. Mm. Ladies and gentlemen, why not make your own spice combination? Because <laughs> you've probably got all the bits and pieces. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> right. yeah. I, I, when you told me you made your own harissa, I was like... <laughs> I mean... I'm, I'm, I'll be totally honest, Fiona. Until I looked at that recipe, I didn't even really know what was in harissa paste. I know, neither did I. I was like, just a chili spice mix, really. But what's rose harissa? Because that's different, isn't it? I would like to know that. I will investigate that by the one just next time. <laughs> Tell you that next time. <laughs> oh, I was doing so well. It's sounding knowledgeable. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> It's Harissa with roses in it. <laughs> I don't actually know. She said, Googling it. It's probably just a. Oh, sorry. It's probably just a. I'm trying to look it up on my phone. It's not going very well, to be honest. It's not going very well. Oh, dear. Oh, my gosh. It's so. That's cool. Harissa based recipe. Here we go. I mean, obviously the listeners could do this for themselves. Uh, <laughs> we, we might as well. Okay. Yeah. Oh, people also ask, is Rose Harissa the same as Harissa? Just nicely tell you. This is Rose Harissa. Bloody, bloody, blah. I might cut some of this bit out, by the way, when I come to edit. Oh, it, it's got rose petals in it. Rose petals? I'm not even joking. That's wow. So bougie. Wow, who knew? I feel that's unnecessary. It's got a pink. It's quite a nice flavour. Well, it's because of the rose petals. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. I'll give that a shot this weekend. Yeah, I need to get through my existing rose, my existing Harissa first of all. Anyway, what about you? Any wisdom for the week? Yes, (laughs) yes, I do. Um, so I now have a self-care night once a week. Oh, and it's called Fiona Night, and oh. it was in, it's my news resolution introed by oh. my flatmate to me. She keeps me accountable, mm-hmm. and basically, it's night in a week where I just really take care of myself. And um, so, I actually don't. I now book it off so people mm-hmm. can invade on the space. So, mm-hmm. for instance, the other day, someone said, "Are you free to have a phone call on Thursday?" And I said, no, it's my self-care night. Um, yeah. so I love that you call it that. I know, it's my Fiona night, self-care night, interchangeable. Um, but it's things I might do, have a bath, mm-hmm. make myself a lovely meal, um, read a really nice book. Um, I did some watercolouring last week. Like stuff <laughs> that's kind of life-giving yes. and restful. And I do it on a Thursday because that's like just towards the end of the week, but not it's not the weekend. So it's kind of like a nice thing to have in the middle of the week. And so, yeah, that's my my wisdom for the week is why not like book yourself off? It doesn't even have to be weekly if you don't think you can manage it. If you do it every every other week, it's a game changer. It's so good. That does sound good. And actually, to be honest, the thought of having non-screen one evening. That's it. I'm I'm very, that's a big thing for Mm -hmm. me. I don't do screens during that time. Mm -hmm. And just being able to sit in a bath for a while and not feel like I have to rush around anywhere, it's quite nice. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Sounds great. Yeah, I might institute Fiona evening because you're Fiona as well. So it's I've got the name for it. <laughs> might as well. <laughs> might as well follow the fashion. 
Well, that has been lovely to chat with you. I know. I mean, it feels like we've been in the pub having a drink, but apart from my mint tea. Yeah, I've got nothing. And the of your dinner. I had my beetroot pasta. That's yeah. <laughs> Sad times. Sad times. And uh, next time, we're going to talk about... I want to say parenting, but I I, I think that it's a bit of a misnomer, isn't it? Parents, not parenting. Parents, yeah. So parenthood? Parent- no, because that's that. No, yeah. parenthood sounds. Yeah, it's not parenting. Not parenting. Not parenting. We have with our parents. Yes. Rather yes. than Parenting <laughs> one hundred and one, a subject which neither of us really know very much about. <laughs> As two women with no children, I feel like. So- I mean. Some would say that qualifies us to have lots of opinion <laughs> on the topic. Lots of unsolicited advice. Yes. <laughs> I mean, wouldn't that be a podcast you'd love to listen to? But yeah, guys, just come and listen to it as we tell you all the things you should do. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Well, for now, though, this has been hollow and substantial. Thank you very much for listening. We got it right. Yes. Which basically means I didn't speak over you. Because no. <laughs> usually that's what happens. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so right, I might just stop the recording then.